Hey, it's Michelle here from Breed and Perfumery and welcome to the Yes She Can project. It's specifically for women, by women. She stands for support, honesty and empowerment. We'll be tackling topics that affect us all in a place for support, honesty and advice. You are not alone, ladies. Come and join the conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Yes She Can Project. I am so happy to be joined by the beautiful Jo. Hello, Jo. Hello, Michelle. So great to meet you and congratulations on being shortlisted for that amazing award. It's so cool. Yeah, I know. I still feel like they've made a mistake, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know you, please may you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Yes, of course. Well, I'm Joe Picard um, and two out of these three sentences are correct. I am a voiceover actor. I am a presenter and I am an international woman of mystery. You can choose. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, answers in the comments, please. <laughs> No, um, and I'm also the face and the voice of Omaze UK, um, which is an amazing company that basically um, buys incredible properties um, and life-changing prizes. Um, people then buy tickets to the to the prizes, and they are in with a chance of not only winning these life-changing um, prizes, but they can they're also donating to charity at the same time. So eighty percent of the proceeds of each of the draw goes to uh goes to the chosen charity so it's wow. massive yeah it's yeah. really cool <laughs> bless you um well obviously i'd love to talk to you more about omaze um but first of all is is this type of career something that you've always wanted to do have you grown up wanting to do it or is it something that you kind of fell upon by accident oh michelle ever since i was four years old i wanted to oh. be an actor <laughs> Did you? Oh. Yeah, I was brought up in a pub and my mum and dad, uh, we lived above the pub and my mum and dad um, bought it and it's in this like rural little village in North Yorkshire. Yeah. And I, the stairs um, used to go downstairs straight into the bar when we first moved in before dad renovated everything. And it was like this little old wooden cro crotchety door and dad would be round the other side of the bar and I'd be able to sneak down and I'd perform these like little plays that I'd put together with all these different voices and all these different characters to the customers and it would be like a challenge to see how long I would be able to you know how far I'd be able to get through the play before dad caught me and sent me back upstairs <laughs> oh he didn't know you were there oh <laughs> I thought you meant he was like selling tickets or something like the, the Yorkshire X factor <laughs> Uh, he missed a trick there, didn't he? he <laughs> yeah. At least a raffle. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Bless you. Um, if you could choose between the two, because obviously you're uh well, I see, I don't want to give I don't want to give the answer away for, for your first comment. Um, if you could choose between the two out of um a voiceover actor or presenter, which one would you choose? If you had to, plain devil's advocate. Oh, it's, that's impossible, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, it's like choosing between your children or choosing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your best friends. I don't, I don't know. Well, 
I mean, I've thought about this quite a bit and um, I've actually made a big shift in my career um, okay. before I was wanting to do it before um, lockdown, before COVID hit. Yeah. And actually when COVID hit, it gave me the perfect opportunity to be able to make that shift. So okay. I have actually chosen voice acting over presenting at the moment. So mm-hmm. I can actually spend more time at home yeah. because I was traveling 80% of the time, 90 some months. Oh, yeah and look I love my job I've had the most incredible time and career and I've you know traveled all over the world and interviewed some of the most fantastic wonderful like celebrity chefs um just just had the most amazing career but I just Mm -hmm. felt like it was time for a bit of a shift and a change and and actually it's been really amazing because I've been able to go sort of back full circle to the acting side of things and being a voice actor means that I can channel all of my different characters and voices that I used to do when I was younger and now I can actually hone and develop and make those more parts of my career so I love it so if Mm -hmm. I had to choose I would choose uh, voice acting. Well there's nothing to say really that just because you're at that stage in your life at the moment that you can't you know in the future then then switch it up again exactly and I feel like that's what my career has been I feel like I've gone you know in life when you when you when you're flowing and you feel like you're going in the right direction yeah you know it's like that day when you wake up and the sun's shining and every single thing you touch is like gold and like oh that's sort of how I feel when I'm kind of flowing with my career you know things kind of work they, they fit in the right places and and you attract work that comes to you um and and I feel that in lots of parts of my life but you know when there's a block and when it doesn't work and it's sort of like the universe trying to tell you yeah, absolutely shift that way a little bit actually yeah so, and it, it just it it doesn't feel right does it sometimes it's almost like maybe an opportunity will come along and then you'll be obviously super grateful for the opportunity but something inside you just says I don't think this is right for me right now not not like forever but you can just feel when it's not right for you at that time can't you yes exactly it's like it's about trusting your intuition and Mm -hmm. making sure that you you really um work it you know because your intuition is almost like a muscle isn't it yeah if you you listen to it and you fine tune that then Mm -hmm. when you really need it it's there and it's yeah. you're able to, to go I know I know mm-hmm. which direction to go I know whether to trust this person or I know whether this is right for me or yeah you know, it, it's a fantastic tool is it it's the same really because I think a lot of people maybe don't develop it as far as they could do because say for example you're in a room or in a shop or anywhere and someone comes either in the shop or in your personal space and you get that feeling you get that feeling actually I can't trust this person or actually this person's giving me we call it bad vibes don't we and you can instantly tell just as soon as someone's well it's their aura really as soon as their aura steps near or close to yours it's that feeling is your instinct and is your is your gut feeling so you need to take the fact that you listen to that and apply it to the rest of your life and the rest of your decisions and it will serve you well 
absolutely and you know it's the flip side as well it's that it's you walk in and someone's got that energy and you want to be their best friend yeah. and like, oh, I love you and you feel it yeah. and it's, you know it's going back to being a caveman really isn't it? a cave woman mm-hmm. really it you know because we had to trust our instincts yeah. because you didn't know when you walked around a boulder what was going to happen around that boulder and mm-hmm. you know we had those fight um fight or flight kind of real deep instincts and actually we've kept those yeah uh, as humans as adults on the planet now and mm-hmm. just about listening to the essence of that and and really paying attention to it yeah yeah I think I think sometimes you need to strip it right back to basics like you said don't you because society and like your daily life can kind of it can quell that a lot because there's so much else going on and I I think if if you truly kind of a lot of people talk about um mindset don't they a lot of people do meditation and things like that I mean it's not for everybody but if it is for you then you know the benefits of things like that to help you be more in tune and kind of step out of step out of the daily if that makes sense and then really concentrate on the bigger picture it can be really helpful Ah, oh, you're speaking my language. I, just, <laughs> I love, I love meditation. I love. Um, I've fallen in love with yoga nidra. I don't know whether you've heard of that, but that's something no. that I kind of incorporate. It's almost like resetting your nervous system. Yeah. So um, you don't do yoga. You just lay um, in your little yoga nidra nest, um, mm-hmm. and it's almost like shutting down. It's like a, it's like closing down a computer. So yeah down all the programs of a computer to be able to reboot it yeah so that's mm-hmm. kind of what yoga nidra is for your body and your mind and yeah. being so that as well as meditation and I I just love being outside yeah. and I try yeah. not to take my phone with me unless I'll put it on on um flight mode so that I don't mm-hmm. have my phone but I have it in case of emergency yeah, you know of course yeah I think that kind of reconnection we all need so much because mm-hmm. we're constantly stimulated by everything. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know that the world is so busy and we do need, we need to stop sometimes. Yeah, because essentially going back to caveman times, cavewoman times, we had none of that. And I, I'm assuming that, you know, we, we were maybe happier people (laughs) so I think you can get a lot of negativity from from I'm not saying it's all negative but you can get a lot of negativity from being connected to the outside world all that time it's it's about getting back to basics it's about it's about just being like sometimes it sounds bizarre that some people all laugh um but sometimes if I'm having a really hard time I will go outside even if it's for five minutes and just listen and then really hone in on the sounds that you can hear. Really listen to the birds, for example. Honestly, it's, it, it sounds bizarre, but I, I absolutely love listening to the birds. I like to... See, I'm sounding like a loon. I, li- I, I like, to, I like oh, to listen. I love it. Do you? And since... Since we since we were locked down and there aren't as many there weren't as many planes in the sky, mm-hmm. I feel that actually nature has has um, become louder and is yes. and you're actually able when you do go outside you're actually able to hear more of mm-hmm. of nature and what's happening and it is it's really healing is yeah. being 
surrounded by nature even if yeah. you live in a city you know you can you can go into a park and sit and mm-hmm. hear the different noises it, yeah it's wonderful you, you yeah. don't sound strange at all <laughs> oh good <laughs> we can be crazy together that's okay <laughs> I'm in <laughs> <laughs> yeah found my best friend (laughs) um yeah so because you have been in the industry for over 20 years obviously like we just touched upon then um there's been a lot of uh things that have developed and happened i.e social media is huge um how is that from the beginning of your career up until now how would you say that that has impacted your ability to get work either in a good or a bad way oh my god it's huge it's absolutely huge so so for instance when I first started my career I had to so as a as a presenter I had to get a guy to uh, that that I knew to film um, me presenting um, to start my career off or when I had when I got work I'd receive that footage and then I would get somebody to edit that as a show reel for me and then yeah. I would have to burn CDs and actually yeah. hand deliver CDs to be able to take them to different um, studios, different agents, different places because that's the only way yeah. you, you had to get oh, an gosh. agent and you to build your um, uh, your your experience up mm-hmm. but to be able to do that you actually had to do the groundwork on foot yeah physical could... groundwork as well yeah. isn't it <laughs> you could post it but you just didn't know if they put them in a bin or not and then at least yeah. if you handed it to the mm-hmm. person at reception you knew at least it was there so that's like yeah. one stepping stone Aww. yeah so I suppose from going from that uh, which is one extreme then going to the extreme that we're in now yeah. um look I personally feel that social media has got huge benefits yeah uh, and that's if and only if you can create boundaries I feel yeah. that yeah. boundaries are so essential um and you've got to make it work in your favor so yeah. you know I don't enjoy dedicating loads and loads and loads of my time to social media I just don't. I feel like there's more to life. And I feel that um, if you are over connected to it, then it has a detrimental effect. Absolutely. My opinion. Yeah. But it can be one of the most beautiful gifts that generates work. I've got jobs from, you know, LinkedIn, um, Mm -hmm. definitely from, you know, friends and people that I've worked with over the years on Facebook. Um, Yeah. And they've kind of like interacted with me and realized that I've switched careers and then given me a job because they're like, we trust her. We know she can do a great job. Yeah. But I, but I do feel like there are ginormous pitfalls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, one of the pitfalls I mentioned is it kind of, kind of can kind of overwhelm you and it can kind of make you have that FOMO, you know? Yeah, definitely. Instance, you're feeling sad or low or in any way, um, in any way needing of more and then you go onto social media and you you sort of see these fake lives that people are yeah. posting up there with edited you know edited uh, faces and bodies mm-hmm. and uh, stories that are probably only three quarters true if that yeah. not even half you know like yeah. uh, I don't you know I just suffer about yourself can't it at that yeah, time yeah. Mm. exactly 
And I don't know whether you've experienced this, but um, uh, I think trolls can be quite challenging. So I'm not talking about, you know, the 1980s retro trolls that we used to play with. (laughs) Where did they go? They were brilliant. (laughs) With big spiky hair. (laughs) Like, they wore no clothes. No, but yeah, they had like diamond belly buttons. But that was great. I mean, they're cool, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about them. <laughs> if they were them, then they'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I find it really fascinating that um, somebody can want to go online and, like, just it, it with one's sole purpose to, like, upset, disrupt and negatively impact people. That yeah. Don't know. It's sad, isn't it's it? Like, Yes, very sad. But I find that um, I've had quite a lot of um, trolls, and I th- sort of feel yeah a lot. But you're so lovely. I'm How can people be so mean? Um, I think maybe because they're a, they are having problems in their own life, and then they kind of so I I feel like it's their insecurities and their issues, and one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But you know, when it first starts, and I think that this is true with everything. So, you know, bullying online or offline is the same. It's somebody yeah. with huge insecurities that are trying to project that onto you. Yeah. And, you know, it really, I found it really difficult in the beginning. I, I really, really doubted myself, my talent, my place in this industry. And, you know, I found it really, really hard. And, do you know, it's so interesting. I was having a, I was having an absolute major nightmare with my health and mm-hmm. uh, ha, I, I've been diagnosed with Graves disease. I don't know whether you know what that is. No, I've not heard of that. So it's hyperthyroidism. So basically your thyroid overproduces hormones and it makes okay. you, uh, it makes until you get your, until you get your diagnosis and your drugs balanced, takes you into um, quite an interesting human being. Okay. <laughs> tell me more <laughs> your hormones run your body right and um they basically f- they fuel everything and especially your mind and your organs so what happens is when you're overproducing hormones your entire body overworks right. so until you've got your drugs balanced that causes severe anxiety um oh. self-doubt um could could go down the depression road luckily i didn't yeah. go down that road but it makes you incredibly um your moods really um unstable so when I first started getting trolled I was also going through this at the same time and I found it really difficult until one day I just had this epiphany moment where I just remembered that I control how I feel yeah and I can turn these comments into anything that I wanted yeah now I love the fact that I get negative comments because what I do is I just laugh at them and I use them to kind of fuel me to drive myself forward to believe in myself more and I've even got a little thing on my phone where I write down all the positive comments and like if I'm having a bad day I like go into my phone and have a little look and be like okay that's fine (laughs) oh bless you Is, is everything under control um with your diagnosis now are you more balanced and yeah yeah I am yeah I am a hundred percent I feel like I'm actually back good 
a long time and um yeah I'm back I'm back now which is really nice yeah is it isn't it weird though how negative things like that always happen mostly when you're already in a negative place or thinking about it from the other way is it not is it not the timing or is it your mindset so it could have been happening before but you'd have brushed it off but because it was happening at a time where you were low and struggling and wondering what was going on maybe that's why it affected you more because you obviously you you strike me as such a positive person anyway so yeah I don't it's, it's an interesting one isn't it it's a hundred percent mindset yeah I I believe so strongly that what you think on a daily basis and what you put out there on a daily basis is what you get back because we are we are energy that is what mm-hmm. we are essentially yeah. you know, vibrations and if you're putting out negative vibrations and you're thinking negative thoughts all of the time then you are going to get those back and yeah. that is going to be uh uh, that's going to fill your life up Mm -hmm. you know not everybody can be positive all the time I mean god who can like literally not real is it yeah exactly but if you've got the tools in place to recognize when you're maybe not quite feeling so positive then it's easier to bounce back from isn't it and it's easier to say right come on stop being silly even even if you're do you find that I don't know if it's the same for you, but I find that sometimes the way that I wake up in the morning and the mindset that I have in the morning, if loads of things have gone wrong in such a short space of time or not even gone wrong to other people wouldn't think that they've gone wrong, but things to me that I've either taken personally or that I think badly about myself, then that will set the tone for the rest of the day. And it's so hard to bring that back, isn't it? Oh, it's a snowball effect. It definitely Mm -hmm. is effect and you know when I I think um how old would I have been maybe 25 and I read a book called um you can heal your life and it's by a woman from America called Louise Kay and it genuinely changed everything for me because wow. and I, it sent me down a completely different road it made me change the language in my head it made okay. me stop that snowball effect because it, it gave me um abilities to be able to you know just small processes to be able to put in so say for instance three things have gone wrong you know it's you do you do go down that snowball mm-hmm. whereas it being um understanding that you you know you can control this it yeah. doesn't have to be all day you know if you just stop take stock be really really conscious of what is happening yeah take even 30 seconds and just have these mantras that you say in your head that are able to be able to positively send you in a different direction it just helps so much it really does you see you're you're using that advice from that lady's book in your trolling situation like you said you turn it into a positive instead or you laugh at them because you're you're in a great position with your mindset that you can instantly think that's what I need to do or that's what my mind needs to tell me yeah and you know what's really interesting is it is not easy so I feel like you see all of these courses on um you know social media that are saying 
two days and we'll fix your mindset and you're like well actually it'll, what it'll do is that's great what it'll do is it'll kick start your mindset and maybe give you some tools but yeah. actually have to be able to do to to genuinely harness your mindset and to have that positive outlook as much as you possibly can or have the ability to be able to deal with stuff is by constant work and repetition on and and challenging your mind Mm -hmm. um, and your behavior yes we all have these circular behavior patterns don't we Mm -hmm. definitely like yeah i bet you could I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you get into it and you're like, damn it. (laughs) No, I didn't mean to do that again. Why didn't I see this happening? I should know better. It's me. How annoying. (laughs) And actually to be able to, um, to be able to be kind to yourself, you know, and go, okay like you can't be perfect all the time you can't do things right all the time and 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 to realize that you you know with time and with hard work you can stop those things you really yeah, can definitely I think there is a lot of it's it's a phrase I've only just really discovered and it's um there's a lot of toxic positivity so for example those courses that you were saying about that promise to like fix you in two days it's it's actually it's actually more damaging than the tools that they're offering you because if you don't feel fixed or a hundred percent better after those two days then it just starts the negative spiral again doesn't it and it starts you thinking oh god did I not do it properly am I not good enough to be using these tools or it's it's really difficult that like you say that there's so much greatness on social media but I do think stuff like that can be really damaging more than it can be helpful 100% yes and I actually have never heard it called that before I actually quite like that term but you're completely yeah. right exactly what it is mm-hmm. I t- I'd heard it from a lady that I did an interview with uh, last month she's called Holly Matthews she's very much like straight to the point she says it like it is there's no like her whole thing is the happy me project she knows that everybody has bad days because she has bad days she's very honest in the way that she comes across and her her whole mantra is to make people feel more happy and less crappy and she's right (laughs) oh I'm gonna listen to that podcast she's great yeah but yeah that's that's where I heard that from that's great happy and not crappy (laughs) oh happy less crappy yeah she's she's great you should follow her on on instagram she's she's very real like she she'll think of an example if she's having a crap day she will say she's having a crap day although she's a coach she's she's still honest with it you know because I think sometimes that could that can make things really unreachable when these people come across as oh I've changed my whole life or I'm not saying that they haven't you know disclaimer not saying that they haven't I'm not saying that they're not great at what they do but I think when you're feeding somebody that kind of information it makes them feel worse about themselves when it doesn't work in an instant like that for them. It's okay to not be okay. And yeah. That's really important, especially with 
all of the mental health side of things and you know we we really sadly had a miscarriage at the end of last year and um and I really was not okay and I think that and now I am really 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 fantastic but yeah. I really was not okay mm-hmm. and and I really struggled because it 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 felt like um because I always am okay I needed to be okay and yeah. you know when you lie about how you're genuinely feeling you send it drive it further down inside mm-hmm. of you and that is really dangerous yeah because it will reappear no matter when it it will or it'll make you ill you know and I think as hard as life can be sometimes and it really can be hard sometimes Mm -hmm. you know that it's it's that genuine kindness to yourself where you admit that it's really not okay and when you do that is something really beautiful is actually the people that you have always looked after you have always been the one to be there for those people yeah they then come in droves to be there for you because they realize that you know if you're saying that you're not okay like you're not that means something's really wrong (laughs) doesn't it they're all panicking oh my god what are we gonna do she's the one that holds it all together (laughs) it's so true but that's another pressure though isn't it that I would say that's a massive pressure especially being a wife being a mum you're always the one that holds it together you're always the one that makes sure everybody else is all right first you kind of in your head when you're not okay you almost feel guilty because you don't because you're so accustomed to to being the caregiver it feels wrong when you when it's reversed it's it's odd out of your role yeah or your role and those roles are quite ingrained and Mm -hmm. what you have been all of your life and when you step out of that role you're like wait a minute (laughs) weird I'll go back (laughs) I'll go back and bury it for longer (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Did you think that you, um, because you noticed that you weren't all right at that time, do you think that that allowed you the space to process your feelings um, about your loss at the time? Um, no, my husband was the one that made me process my feelings. I, okay. think, that, I think that when you have yes in answer to your question yes and no so I I said to him that I wasn't okay um but then couldn't face why I wasn't okay and what had happened and actually when you know I'm incredibly lucky and I've got such a wonderful husband and he knows me better than anybody and he um forced me <laughs> to <laughs> my sadness I think um okay. and and I think that when when I faced my sadness and let him in um yeah. it was easier to then let other people in and to because okay. I'd broken down the, the 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 major first barrier yeah of you know you kind of you hunker down 
you know, you ba- my barriers went straight up and I just couldn't deal with anything or anybody yeah. breaking. And when he, when he did break through it, the relief was, I can't even explain. It yeah. was beyond life-changing really. And, and yeah. I, I feel very grateful that I've been able to, to I'm a much stronger person going through what we've been through and yeah. Um, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but mm-hmm. um, I do feel like a much stronger person and a much more balanced person uh, okay. for, for going through loss and being yeah. able to come out the other end um, mm-hmm. and feel and feel good. Wow. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. That's okay. That's <laughs> <It's> you. <laughs> <Time> to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on on a lighter note, yeah. um, with your with your current role with Omaze, um, I've I've watched some of the videos that you have presented, and like I'm normally really like heart of stone. Um, I, I struggle to cry, like I, I hardly ever cry. But that that's another issue. It's because I had a hysterectomy, like seven years ago and ever since then I've been like Medusa (laughs) (laughs) but like I used to cry adverts all the time I used to cry at one ball every minute and now I'm like there's nothing there but amazing these videos honestly Ian in particular the first winner oh seeing how much that winning these prizes means to these people standing there you as a presenter how incredible is that to be the one that delivers that news what a job have I got Michelle honestly I have got the best job in the world I mean my my job for Amaze is I I just I actually pinch myself sometimes I think this is real like (laughs) actually my my job you know when I first um when I first met Ian and I did that first giveaway for the for the house in Manchester and we went to go and see him near Lincoln um, at his house and um, the boys and I had been working together so the, the crew and I had been working together yeah. um, for a year at that point when we gave away that house. Okay. So this was the first ever house that we gave away. Yeah. I don't think any of us really, really knew how we were going to feel and, mm-hmm. and what experience we were going to have doing yeah. that. I, we knew, I knew how huge this could be to this person, mm-hmm. but you don't know when you, you don't meet them before. You know, the first right. time I met him was when I knocked on his door. Okay. And so I, all I know is his name. And all I know is the night before I get told a hotel to go and stay in. I don't even know where he lives. So I, I, I literally go and knock on his door. And and I felt a real huge um, weight. And it's a gorgeous weight. This is not yeah. this thing. It's, it was a gorgeous weight of responsibility to mm-hmm. get this. Because what yeah. I wanted to do was I wanted... A, for Omaze to get it right, because 
we'd all work so hard to be able to build this brand new brand in the UK to be able to make sure that all of our jobs were secure and Mm -hmm. that this Mm -hmm. impact of this win was worth it and as huge as it could have been Um, because then that was going to then lead on to the other houses and other people's lives being changed and then other charities you know getting more money so it was it was a weight on that in that respect and also as a human and, and as mm-hmm. a very um I believe I'm a very connected human and I want I want all I want is to have a really wonderful um connection and relationship with the winners because yeah. I, I am that you know the first I'm the person that tells them that their life has changed like I, oh, I can't imagine it, you know, he um when we when we got to Ian's house, um it it hit me really. It really hit me um quite how much his life was going to change. Yeah. And then when I met him and started to talk to him and interview him all the way through, I mean obviously you saw the edited versions of it and mm-hmm. stuff. Um he was like the most kind generous lovely brilliant guy who just had such a nice uh, as we were saying about aura about Mm -hmm. him and you know my husband lost his wife and and Ian lost his wife and they're very similar ages and yeah and I sort of felt like a huge correlation between you know my family and their and his family and the, the changes that has been able to happen for in his life that that money has given him so much freedom for yeah. his family that mm-hmm. it was just it's totally mind-blowing we all honestly Michelle we all finished right so we finished filming and we all were in we stood there just in complete bombshell shock oh. it could not have gone any better and and it was just yeah it still makes me cry when I yeah, watch it's, it. It's, yeah, I watched it again earlier and I was oh my God. It's, you can just see it, can't you? You could see it in his eyes. Like the, almost like a relief that he knew that everything was going to be okay because he'd got that financial security. And it, it's not often that something like that happens, is it? In in anybody's life. Because as much as as much as we want to think that things aren't about money they always are you know we've got bills to pay we've got this to do we've got that to do and and money can be a real like route to evil but it can also be life-changing and enable like you said you to have so much freedom and and you could see what that meant to him it's a security isn't it yeah it's really important that money gives you and and you're right you know it it is a strange thing is money in our society is an industry interesting um format but we are where we are um mm-hmm. you know, even like and it, so marilyn um who won the house in london and then yeah Darren won the house in the coxwells he they had totally different stories but actually genuinely both as I felt as incredible as Ian. Yes, Ian Ian was the tearjerker. He was the huge, life-changing, you know, um, spearhead of the beginning of the campaign. Then Marilyn and her husband um, were able to give um, this amazing security to their two daughters, which they actually genuinely 
weren't able to um mm -hmm. before they won the house and so that that's like three lives that are completely yeah. changed yeah. But also, but also, it's it's more than that, Joe, isn't it? Because it's the it's the generations after them. Because a lot of the time, if you if you're not if you're not born into into money or into security, and you can't obviously work to make yourself secure, then it can really affect every generation afterwards. I think that's why we work so hard to make sure that our kids are secure, don't we? So really you've you've not only changed the lives of, of one generation, you've changed the lives of many. Absolutely. And also thousands of other people that are related to the charity. Yeah. Know, depending on which charity it is, which house it is, because every every house has got a different charity that's assigned mm -hmm. to it that partners with us yeah. and you know, the, the money that we give I gave a million pounds to the British Heart Foundation yeah. I mean that's incredible insane, you mm -hmm. know and and how funny is this so my dad literally had a pacemaker fitted the, about 10 days before I gave that check to no the way. foundation yeah so the research and the and the the work that the charities does and whichever charity mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing and yeah yes omaze are not shy at saying they're a business mm -hmm. they are a business i i earn money working for omaze amazing yeah. business and w nobody's shy at, you know at saying that but i don't know any other businesses that give 80 percent of their net profit to no exactly and and can make so many people so happy and can help so many incredible charities all at the same time it's yeah it's it's just in, insanely fabulous it's it's like a dream isn't it really when you think about it and like as, as a player of the um house draw I don't know if you call it a lottery is it called a lottery yeah as, as a player yes as a player of the million pound house draw you feel great like I've commented this on um, some of the, the posts that they've put on Instagram. And I said, not only is it fabulous because you've got that feeling of, oh, I wonder if, but no matter whether you win or you don't win, you are doing a good thing because technically you are helping donate money to charity anyway. So it makes you feel good as a person. It's like a win-win every situation. Definitely. It is just the most, I go to work on the biggest high you know every time you know even if, if, I'm, if I'm in my studio here and I'm recording voiceovers for national adverts which I do for them a lot yeah um, you know or I'm going to give away um one of the mega prizes so the cars or the holidays or the, the houses you know how can you not have the best day at work yeah so lucky how can you not tell them you know is it like if I'd be walking up to the door I'd be like this I'd be jittery with the with being so excited but not wanting to give it away at the same time because you speak to the the people first don't you and then interview them and like on those ones in particular I'm guessing it was because it was COVID it was shown on the the board thing where it says Ian your grand prize will be I, I bet you sat there like this I'd be going I know it's the house. I know it's the house. <laughs> It'd be too hard to keep in. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, and also, you know, you're thinking, 
we've got to depend on like the big reveal because of yeah. COVID. you know we've also got to keep being clever as well and switching <laughs> things up because if we did it the same every single time then people kind of get used to it don't they and they yeah know that they've um that they've won something yes, exactly mm-hmm. um but it you know it is it's 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 an amazing challenge to have to be creative yeah we have also got to you know make sure that we film all of this stuff to to make to ensure that the brand keeps growing because yeah prove that it's real which it 100 is you know yeah and even even the um I don't know what you have, it's hardly consolation prizes like Porsches and Range Rovers, but you know what I mean? The smaller prize, <laughs> it's not even a small prize. How do I word this? The not the million pound house prizes. <laughs> we call them early bird prizes. Early bird, there we go. Yeah. So <laughs> um, even the reactions on those as well are just so wonderful, aren't they? Oh, they're so gorgeous. And I love yeah. I get to Skype, uh, to Zoom people and just you know, tell them all these amazing, uh, uh, that they've won all these amazing prizes. And, you know, the reactions are just so um, different. You know, each person is so different. They've all obviously got their own life, their own journey. They're all in a certain place. You know, you've got (laughs) Andy from from Wales, who is like the most excited man in the whole entire planet, who got to like, (laughs) yeah, win this epic sports car and go for a little ride in it. And so I was just... They're just all so beautiful, such lovely people. I feel yeah. like it, it, it. I feel like the company, the company and the winners have just got a really amazing energy. Yeah, as as have you though. <sighs> I think that's why you're perfect for this job. Absolutely, I don't think you could have picked anyone better. Literally, your energy is incredible. You can tell that you care, and I think that's really, really important. You can tell that that you're passionate about what you're doing, and that. I don't know how to word it that you're absolutely invested in these people because you are so so happy for them it's not just like a present you know when you see presenters and they're like oh well done you've won three thousand pounds or on a game show or something like that it's not it doesn't feel like that for you it feels connection exactly what you were saying it feels like a connection oh thank you for saying that that really do you know what you just said means more to me than anything actually and and Aww. I feel like if that is what I'm giving out yeah. that, that's what I want people to see mm-hmm. and if that's and if that is what you're getting then I'm achieving my my goal I absolutely that's what I want I want that genuine connection with every person that I meet you know because they, you know, I've interviewed people all over the world on a million different jobs, you know, from like super high profile celebrities to like the best sportsmen in the world, yeah. the world, you know, to the best chefs and, and each and every single one of them have all got their own story. And that's what my job is. I'm a storyteller. So yeah. my job is to, is to get the best story out of that person that I'm talking to mm-hmm. with heart and you know you, you you tell kids stories and you can see in their eyes if they're in it if they're yeah, yeah you know engaged can't you yes. mm-hmm. believe it if they want to be in that world if they understand the characters they understand mm-hmm. the arc you know they, they want to get to the end because they want to know what happened and I feel like 
as adults, we lose that a little bit. And and I feel like my job, whatever I'm doing, whether it's voiceovers or presenting from Omaze, um, or different adverts or animation or gaming, whatever. Yeah. My job is to ensure that that story is told in the most yeah. passionate and mm-hmm. engaging and believable way. And that's yeah. like you saying that to me just means that I've achieved what I wanted. You to have. Do. You honestly, you that's why I got in contact with you. As soon as I saw you and saw the way that you were interacting with the people, I just I needed to talk to you because I just love your energy. I, I just I can't even explain it. It's just so passionate and so heartfelt and so real. And I think I think that's hard to find, especially in the industry that you that you're in. I'm I'm sure there's there's obviously amazing people and you get to meet amazing people, but I think it's very, very rare that you find someone that you can see that is where they're supposed to be and that is what they're supposed to be doing. Oh thank you. Well I can only take I can only take uh, credit for me because it's like <laughs> the most amazing team. I can't even tell you. Oh, they work so hard. Oh, God, and they are just such beautiful people. Every single person that works for Omaze works like an actual Trojan, and oh. they all are so. Um, I've got such massive capabilities and ability to be able to be so um, creative and um, driven. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic, fantastic team. So wow. I'm just a very small part of that, if I'm really honest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put yourself down now. And <laughs> <laughs> um, all, all I've seen when I've been looking at some of your feedback from your clients is one thing after another: professionalism, reliability, joy to work with, professionalism, reli- It's it's all so incredible. Do you think that, that that sort of feedback and the way that you conduct yourself when you're working, do you think that that has been the secret to the longevity of your career so far? 100%. It's work yeah. ethic. Yeah, it's work ethic. My dad, my dad wanted me to start work when I was 13, you know, right or wrong. I mean, I... I loved every single second of of working um from from being a, a kid you know they owned a pub and I said to you before at the beginning you know and I started washing up and then I would waitress and I did a milk round uh and then I worked behind the bar you know so I kind yeah. of grew up working yeah um, we didn't get given pocket money I think maybe we got given the, the most minuscule amount um on a maybe like special occasions or yeah whatever. we we had to work for our our money and um I feel like that kind of work ethic has been instilled in me and and it's been a huge driving force uh in my life um and it's been something that you know I'm freelance and I've always been freelance so okay when you're freelance you've got to work so hard because yes. you've got to not just the job you do you've got to do all the millions of other things that surround being self-employed like yeah trying to get the jobs and um constantly networking and and Mm -hmm. thinking outside the box and and you know in your office you know trying to um make you better yourself better as well as 
learning improving growing and being the best that you can at that time yeah and and I just feel like without my without work ethic I think I would have never succeeded ever yeah (laughs) because it has been the driving force yeah but I think I think people forget though don't they how much work goes into running a pub like when you said your parents run run a pub it's it's like 24 hours practically isn't it I think people just think that you just open like when the pubs open and then close but it's a way of life isn't it and I bet that's what you got used to constantly working and having that way of life yeah and you know my dad still like it now they haven't had the pub for years but you know he's retired and he still gets up at seven every day or Uh six every day or whatever and you know he'll find a million different jobs to do and um I find it quite inspirational really I don't get me wrong I well now I've gotten a bit older um my work ethic is exactly the same and I'm still as strong within within that thought process but Mm -hmm. what I've added into definitely my life is um boundaries and I don't I don't believe in I'm busy all the time overworking premise I just don't I don't believe in it anymore I was like that for very many 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 years and to get where you want to get to you have got to work work your your butt off yeah and you know to be the person that you want to be you've got to you've got to constantly learn and educate yourself and that takes Mm -hmm. time but I believe that when you know you, you shouldn't jump on this ship of you know I'm only successful if I'm busy 24 hours a day yeah that's what breaks people Mm -hmm. Um, and like we were saying before you know the time in nature and and like experiencing something that makes your heart sing whatever that is bike ride or a walk or Mm -hmm. going to see your gran or whatever it is it doesn't matter does it but it's just make time for your family and and make time um for the fun things in life as well as working hard yeah it's about balance isn't it it's about getting that balance right to to enable that you're that you're doing enough of what you love but working as hard as you need to both in the same kind of way it's it's very hard though isn't it because I think a friend of mine said the other week um she said that we glorify the grind so everyone's it's like you're not successful if you're not close to burnout all the time if you're not working 90 hours a week if you're not on your phone constantly then I think the perception is that you're not doing well enough and I think it's important to take a step back from that and think well actually if I was doing all of those things then there'd be no place to be happy and that's what it's all about isn't it Yes, glorifying the grind. I think that that is a great term and we do it. We absolutely do it. You've hit yeah. the nail on the head, Michelle. And it is about, yeah, be, it's about um, realising it. And, and you know, like there's really simple tricks like blocking parts of your diary out, you know, and I, I had to start doing that when I first realised that I was just, I was doing too much. Yeah. Uh, I just, because I'd say yes to everything. But yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll be on your podcast. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm glad I said yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you do, you glorify it. And actually, if you block certain parts of your diary out, even if 
you, you know, in your head, you know, you've pretended. You still <laughs> yeah. and go, no, I need that time. Yeah. I need that time to be able to just do a meditation, go for a walk, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Or answer the emails that you haven't got a chance to answer because you've been doing too many things. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or even or even if that part of your diary is blocked out, by doing that and then an opportunity coming along, you're allowing yourself that choice, aren't you? So maybe you could fit it in if it was something you really wanted to do or if it was something that like we were talking about earlier that feels right, then you know you've got that space rather than having to juggle something else around and miss out on something else. Then you're allowing yourself that choice and that particular space that's just for you that you can slot it into if you need to. Absolutely. And it's about having those keystone goals in your life, you know, those three or four keystone goals that you are absolutely driving towards, whether it is in your personal life, in your work life, you know, mm-hmm. what in your development, whatever it is that you're driving towards, but being really specific about them. And then right. when those opportunities come in, then you're able to go, wait a minute. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll call you back. I do. This <laughs> just bear with me. I'm just going to call you back. Look at my keystone goals. I look at my diary, and I kind of mm. go, okay. Well, no, it doesn't fit into any of my keystone goals, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So you take away the the stuff that doesn't serve you, yeah. unless you get this feeling that you really should be doing it, and it mm-hmm. is a really good feeling. Then yeah, go for it. Yeah. But, to be able to drive towards something you know I've got big career goals I always have done and uh, and I think to be able to do that you've got to sort of say no to things and be become find the power in no and yeah say yes to what really works I think that's brave though as well isn't it that's that's really brave to kind of not say yes to everything especially if if you see it as an opportunity because then you don't want to be, or oh, should I have done that? Or what would have happened if I did do that? But if you are in the place that you are in, that is confident in your mindset, confident in your inner self, trust your instincts, then you know what you can say no to. Yes, absolutely. But your monkey brain takes over <laughs> and it's really naughty. So you need to be able to say, I'll just call you back. Just give me a second. <laughs> Let me just kick that monkey. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Um, Have you got any, um, you know, you know that program, it'll be all right on the night. Have you got any of those kind of mishap stories that you would like to share? You can say no. (laughs) Have you? I've got so many. So many. I'll just have a sip of water without myself. (laughs) do it do it okay uh right I know which one I'm going to say so uh, so I was so lucky one of my first ever presenting jobs was actually at London 2012 was it yeah so the Olympic and Paralympic Games Mm um I got the job I don't know whether you went to the Olympic Games but um, so in the Olympic, in the Olympic Stadium, in the in the Olympic Village, sorry, where the stadium was, yeah, um, they created the largest live site in 
world basically okay. so it was on taken from Hem, henman hill at the um at, at the tennis Wimbledon. <laughs> so the premise was taken from there i believe so a lot of people gathering to be able to see huge sporting events that they couldn't get tickets for and they couldn't see okay. um, as, as a community um thing so yeah obviously the people that um could see this stage had tickets to the park but they might they didn't have tickets to all of these different sporting events so they purpose built this humongous amazing stage right in the middle of the river and you go out onto this um over this bridge and you go onto this huge stage with these massive I mean they're huge um screens either side and what they were thinking was they were like it's going to be a few you know a couple of hundred people at a time would come down this is this is honestly what they thought and maybe we would get uh, maybe one interview a week you know Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be that big and they didn't know how it was going to go because everybody was like in full olympic mode yes people don't commit to anything until they finish their sport so this is what we were set up you know BA sponsored it and um, the crew were amazing. The team were fantastic. So what actually happened was (laughs) there was somewhere in the region of about 17,000 people on a day-by-day basis. And we were open all day and the Paralympics and people would stay. They would bring picnics. They would, it went insane. And the noise and the roar and every single time, any, any, um of our of our athletes finish their sport they would come they weren't even they didn't even book in they just walk to the stage so who is that um, <laughs> because I'd, I was so busy I didn't actually have time to like interview you know to, to research I'd research yeah. oh, but you don't know who's gonna win so I was like I don't know <laughs> like, watch it on my phone like researchers throwing me stuff and I'm like oh my, oh my god. god anyway so Imagine this. It was London 2012. Andy Murray was in the final against Federer, right? This is huge. Oh, it was so big. It was so big. And there's like 17,000 people. It's beautiful, scorching sun, sun outside. Everyone's got picnics, like champagne. And they're all like cheering and willing. <laughs> and we were like, this is going to be the best ever. You know, G in the crowd up. Anyway, the electricity goes off. No. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it was awful. So the entire team, so so the director was in my ear and then he's gone because the the, the whole system went down, whole system. So I've lost my lifeline in my ear. (laughs) Every single person that's on stage is like in absolute pure shock and desperation, just looking at me as if to say, you're the answers. And I was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I saw a loud hailer that was, and that the audience as well are all looking at me because I am their the presenter, right? Mm. So I'm their connector. So I, I, I grab this loud hailer that's on, you know, when you don't think, you just do. Mm-hmm. So I grab this loud hailer. And Can I, I just like, ask, what, what's a loud hailer? <laughs> oh, um, it's something that you shout into and then it projects your voice. Oh, like, it's, a, like a megaphone. A megaphone, yeah. Okay. Like a, I yeah. thought I was really stupid. <laughs> no, it's probably called a megaphone. I think. I don't know 
Anyway, like one, one that you hold in your hand like this, like a comb. Yeah, like, okay, the, yeah. like that people that people use in the 1970s. Like, why was it? <laughs> we don't know. It was very yeah. random, but it was there. So anyway, I picked up. Good this job. Mega- yeah, I picked up this <laughs> megaphone and I said to the team, I was like, follow me. <laughs> so I went and I stood on the bridge with this with this megaphone and I started the biggest Mexican wave that I have ever seen. <laughs> I told them that they needed to create the energy to be able to bring back on the power, to bring back on the television so that we could oh. see the final of the And I was literally like, I was, I mean, I'm red in the face now. It's very hot in here. But- <laughs> Red in the face because it was so hot and I was so so wanted this tele- I wanted to see it <laughs> oh, yeah. them I was like come on auntie screw you all I want to see the final so I was like so I started this humongous me- Mexican wave and blow me Michelle every single person did it and it was like this Aww. huge ricochet around the whole of the Olympic Park and everybody of all ages stood up and they did the wave and there was a biggest cheer come on Andy and just as it finished literally it got right back round to where I was and I was thinking oh my god are they all (laughs) gonna do now I don't know please work please work please work (laughs) the vision came back on and there was the most god almighty cheer and everybody in the team was just like (laughs) (laughs) what about that Where's the gin? <laughs> yeah. I said, please, can we get a generator? Don't let that ever happen again. <laughs> what made you think of that, though? How did you think of that so quickly? Because I've, I've, um, I have been trained all my life to basically just uh, um, improvise. So think on your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of live presenting and you don't know what you're going to get and you have to be able to improvise and go with it. And as an actor, I specialised in improvisation and I really love, like, being thrown in the deep end and Mm -hmm. and given, yeah, given these challenges. And I just feel like, I think if you've done it for so long and so, you know, you've entertained for so long in your life, I think sort of a natural thing to be able to kind of draw on that yeah but it, I, I think it, I'd have just cried <laughs> I'd have been like sorry I, I'm going home <laughs> no you wouldn't <laughs> you'd have been amazing I'd have been like, uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> oh dear well it sounds like you saved the day and no one probably really noticed because it was probably fun doing a Mexican wave. Yeah. And they still got to watch the end of it anyway. So it's like, you saved the day. Oh, win-win, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, what would you say, Joe, has been the highlight of your career so far? If you could pick something. Oh. Um, honestly, I think that um, I, I've been asked this question before and, and the way that I've answered it before is very different to how I'm going to answer it now. How I answered it before was I said that, um, no, I don't know. I don't know whether I can choose. So basically how I answered it before was um, at, at the Olympic Park, 
uh, I my my parents came from Yorkshire, and uh, my brother, and they walked. I knew they were in the park, and they'd never been to see me do anything. They never seen oh, me. Really? Yeah. No, never. And and it was a really big deal for me that my family were there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember interviewing um, Lewis Smith and uh, the gymnast, and he just won uh, his medal. And I just remember, I could, you know, you can see your family from a mile off in like yeah. in a crowd. You can just you can you can pick them out, can't you? Even their walk. <laughs> so weird. And I could see them walking through the crowd. And I was interviewing it, I and mean, I was absolutely nailing. It. I was just loving it. And I just thought, wow, this is this is massive for me for them to be able to be here and to see me do my thing and yeah. to understand me a little bit more and to understand what I do a little bit more because it's quite hard you know to be able to understand what creatives do because I think my dad just probably think used to think I used to mess around but um <laughs> uh so that was huge but I actually think um answering it now is quite difficult because that was such um an amazing moment for me but then now I've had the experience of giving Ian the house Mm -hmm. I was going back to that because it it was I would say uh, one of the biggest career highlights of my life you know that that kind of impact you don't get to do very often no and yeah and to be able to have that opportunity to be able to change someone's lives and have that responsibility was huge it was just so massive for me and I, I, yeah. I'll always be grateful for that oh that's so wonderful um if you could land your dream role right now no barriers nothing what would it be easy I know exactly what I want I want to voice characters for Aardman. Uh, I want to. I want to do one of their films. You know, they did like Wallace and Gromit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Chicken Run. You know. Wow. Uh, that is my huge. That's one of my keystone goals. Okay. Aardman, one of my favorite companies of all time. I also want to narrate um, a show like Gogglebox or. Yay. Something that's you know something that is a consistent. Um, television show on you know that people tune into that is light entertainment is really fun yeah and I want to be the narrator for something like that and oh I- let's 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 tag them both when I upload <laughs> yeah do <laughs> it a shot yeah <laughs> and my final one is I want to voice a character in a huge Hollywood blockbuster animation that's my third one so I've got Ooh. three big goals so who who could we tag for that one is it mgm or marvel or it's going to be full of tags this one isn't it let's tag them all warner brothers there we go (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah writing these down (laughs) so actually my last question joe was what are your goals for the future but I'm I'm guessing that they're kind of incorporated into your into your answer aren't they yeah um yeah absolutely I've got um 
yeah I've got quite a structured sort of goal set for my future you know the three mm-hmm. that I've just mentioned they're kind of what I'm driving towards um yeah. that's that's voice acting wise um but I, I also you know I want to become uh, bigger and better and um more uh, I just want to co- continue learning um in the MA's OMA's journey as well yeah um, because it, it's um I've never been the face of anything in my life and I feel like I need to keep growing with the brand um, Mm and to keep making the same impact so that's really important to me to kind of focus on that as well yeah Um, well you're definitely you're definitely doing that already I can 100% assure you of that honestly like from my heart you you really are oh thank you yeah and just other than that just try and be a good wife and try and be a good stepmom and yeah just trying to be a nice person I suppose as well as like kicking ass in the (laughs) world (laughs) oh I love that um so I think we shall come to the end of the episode but I just want you to um how how can people find you oh yes I'd love people to come find me so yeah go and find Joe everyone <laughs> yeah come find me so I'm Joe Pickard voiceover on Instagram I'm Joe Pickard voiceover on Facebook um or you can go to my website which is joannepickard.co.uk um yeah I just come and connect I'm on LinkedIn just Joe Pickard and come connect with me and and I love um starting new conversations with people it's really really nice and if anybody wants any help or advice about the industry I'm also really really open to um helping people along as well wow that's so nice oh you're so great <laughs> hey, you, this podcast is great well it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you joe um thank you so much and i hope to speak to you again very soon yeah i'd love that you have a lovely evening Jess. okay bye. you too bye